Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? Last week, you know, when we saw the feeding of the 5,000, we know it was also really a feeding of about 20,000 because there were 5,000 men plus their families, their wives and then uh, their kids. And it was a pretty amazing thing. But then we also saw that the, the disciples, the apostles, had to be taught another hard lesson because of their hard hearts. Remember that? And uh, I think we can all relate in some ways at times. But today we're going to see a different kind of hard heart in Mark chapter 7. We're going to see the religious hard heart. And what we're going to see today is such a profound warning because this kind of sin that we're going to look at is dangerous for many reasons. Above all, it's because this sin is taught as though it's the teachings of God. And so men who who walk in this sin teach other men and women to walk in this sin. And they make them think they're righteous. And they make them think they're doing God's will. That's why it's extremely dangerous. We're going to be looking at traditions of men, legalism, religion. The stuff that can destroy our faith. The stuff that can lead people astray. So Mark chapter 7. We're diving right in. I'm going to start at verse 1. That's a good place to start when you start a new chapter. Verse 1. So I'm going to read through verse 9. And then we're going to look at it closer. Mark 7, starting at verse 1. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having come from Jerusalem. Now when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other things which they have received and hold, like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and couches. Verse 5, Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? But eat bread with unwashed hands. He answered and said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Verse 7, And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things you do. He said to them, All too well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your tradition. Let's pray. Lord, there are so many valuable lessons in the passage we're looking at today. And I just pray right now that you pour out your Spirit upon us and that you open our ears to hear and our eyes to see, because we know these things are only spiritually discerned. And so, God, I pray that you get me out of the way and allow your word to come forth and do what your word does. I love your word so much because I know it doesn't return void and I know it changes me and everyone else who hears it and applies it into their lives. 
It changes us from the inside out, and there's nothing like it. And so, God, we know you esteem your word above your name. And so, as we go forward in this study today, we pray, Lord, that you would let us be changed eternally by the teaching. We praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. So in this chapter, we're going to see this age-old battle. And I'm not talking about the battle between the Pharisees and the scribes and Jesus. They're constantly coming against him. I'm talking, talking about something that's far deeper and far more profound. Something that goes back, I don't know, to the origins of the Garden of Eden. <laughs> in the Garden of Eden, we saw the first example of this, where the flesh chose over the spirit, where man chose over God. And we know that there's this continual battle in our own lives, even as Christians, between the flesh and the spirit of God that dwells in us. You know, and just as a reminder before we dive into this, I want to read us Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. It says this, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So remember, when we walk in the Spirit, we're more like God. But when we walk in the flesh, we're more like the enemy. You know, the flesh is tricky as well, isn't it? <laughs> uh, amen? Anyway, any amens out there? Because the flesh likes to trick us. You know, one of the things about the flesh is it loves legalism, it loves religious rules, and it loves to appease the conscience through those things, through religion. And we have to be careful. But if we walk in the Spirit of the Lord, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And understand, the lusts of the flesh, when we hear that in English in our modern culture, we think, oh, lust, is that sensual in nature? Yeah, but it's not just sensual in nature. When you start to study this out, the lusts of the flesh... The sensual part, all of those sexual sins and things like that, that's just one small aspect of the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh can be money. It can be power. It can be the lust for control. All of those fleshly desires, and it can even be the lust for religion. For religion, because religion, it, girds, it, it holds man up. It elevates man. You know, I've often talked about how Christianity is the only, and I, I don't even like calling Christianity a religion, but it's the only faith in the world that says you can do nothing to attain a higher level. That God did it all. He became a man. He came down and became a man, Emmanuel, God with us. He said you can't do anything to save yourself. But every other religion in the world teaches you must do something to elevate yourself, to become like God, or even to become a God. That's what they teach. Because it appeases the flesh. But the problem with this is, now, one of the things about Christianity is we're, we're built on the foundations of Judaism. Jesus was a Jew. If you didn't know that, you know, well, <laughs> um, and all of his apostles, all of his disciples were Jewish. They were part of the Jewish system. Now, God created that Jewish system to set apart a people, to bring forth Messiah, Mashiach, through the nation of Israel. It was for a purpose and a plan, but then God also set up all of the systems, all of the ceremonies, the religious sacrificial system for Israel to point to something. He was pointing to Messiah, but he was also showing Israel the sacrifice of animals was needed for the covering of sin. He was showing them and us, by proxy, sin is really ugly, and it demands death, and it demands blood. When you look at the sacrificial system and you really start to look at it and find out what they did, 
it's messy. And I don't know, I don't need to get too graphic, but some of us are hunters in here. We know what it's like when you, you know, you take care of an animal. It's messy. Some are messier than others. But the sacrificial system was messy. It was bloody. And God did that on purpose. Because he wanted you and I, he wanted Israel to know just how ugly sin really is. And what is required to cover it, to forgive it. Ultimately, like I said, it, it was pointing to the greatest sacrifice, the cross of Golgotha, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and his blood that is eternal. It didn't need to be done every year. It wasn't a covering. It was total forgiveness. But I wonder, do we understand just how ugly sin is? You know, a lot of times I think in our culture, you know, we live in a very fleshly culture. A very comfortable culture. I mean, it's changing. <laughs> so just, you know, hang in there. But the thing is, we're very comfortable, even in the church. But do we ever really realize or look at or think about how ugly our sin really is? That it requires the slaughter of an animal. You know, in the Old Testament, the Hebrews, it required the slaughter of an animal. It required all this messiness. That's God telling us just how ugly and how horrible sin is. And then we apply that in our own lives now. We have the eternal sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We're filled with His Holy Spirit. And yet, our sin is still ugly. The sin we commit in our flesh, it's still ugly. Do you know how ugly your sin is to God? You know, sometimes, like I said, I think we just, we just kind of bypass that. And we don't ever think about just how ugly the sins we commit as Christians, how ugly it is. But the problem with the sacrificial system for the Hebrews was this. It had all of this work, all of these ceremonies, all of these, you know, procedures that they had to, to go through in order to achieve the atonement, in order to do these things. And what does that lead to? It leads to religion. It leads to repetition. It leads to just going through the paces. It leads to legalism and religion. That's what it did even though it was a messy system pointing to Jesus. And yet we know that system became nothing but a work of flesh for many in Israel. And I think it's still, sometimes even in the church, is a work of the flesh to just show up to church. But they went through the paces and they, they brought their sacrifices and they went through the motion of religion. But here's the key. Their hearts were far from God. You can go through all the paces. You can do all the things that you think God wants you to do, and yet your heart can be far from God. You know, and it's heartbreaking when you start to study this out about the tragedy of Israel and how far they got away from God. But I think there's some powerful lessons for us in the church, in America, all of us as believers, as individuals. In Isaiah chapter 1, you don't have to turn there. I'll read this to you. It'll be on the screen, hopefully. Isaiah chapter 1, we find out that it's about the heart of the matter. It's not about the you know, what you do for God, it's about the why. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 11 through 13 says this, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or in lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand? To trample my courts. Bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, and the calling of assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting. You know, what had happened is they were just living wickedly and still going through the motions of religion. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m.
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.